Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Talking Sports with Evan. I am Evan Wittallison, host of Talking Sports with Evan. You can find this podcast anywhere podcasts are found, Apple, Spotify, you name it, you can find it. Going to be bringing you a show each and every Thursday evening once football season gets going. Probably going to add a date to that time frame as well. And there is a lot to discuss since last week's show. I know it's a pretty boring sports uh, time frame right now as baseball is in the all-star break. Basketball is done. Hockey's done. Football is a couple weeks away from training camp getting started. But there's still things to talk about. Milwaukee Brewers are at the all-star break. Second place in the NL Central. Even with all the injuries the Brewers have had um, throughout the first half of the season, Woody on the IL, they missed Wade Miley missed time to injury. Garrett Mitchell has been out most of the year due to injury. The Brewers sit at 49 and 42, one game behind the Reds. Even with Corbin Burns struggling, even with having to go to pitchers like Colin Ray and Julio Terhan because Eric Lauer got hurt and has been struggling. Adrian Hauser has been struggling and has been hurt. Freddie Peralta has been freebie Freddie. And your Cy Young winning Corbin Burns has not been pitching like Corbin Burns. The Brewers still sit a game behind the Reds, which is quite impressive if you ask me. And I think Craig Council is doing a heck of a job as a manager right now dealing with the roster that he had. Roddy Teles has done next, next to nothing. Adamas has been up and down. Christian Yelich is most almost all the way back to his former MVP self as his first half numbers are eerie similar to his MVP season. And no, I'm not saying he's going to win the MVP, but I'm just saying his first half numbers are similar. Remember his first year in Milwaukee, he really took off in year uh, the second half of the year and cruise his way to the MVP. And if he has that same stretch of uh, season in the second half and the Brewers make some tweaks, they're a team that could be dangerous in the second half. They're sitting with one of the worst offenses in baseball, and they're still a playoff um, contending baseball team. But it is the all-star break. I'm going to talk about First half grades, first half MVPs, first half disappointments, first half um, first half Cy Young Award winners for the Brewers. I'm going to talk what they should do at the trade deadline. I want to get your thoughts. If you're watching live, if you're um, putting it in the comments, if you're watching via Twitter, tweet at me at Evan Witt Sports. Who is your Milwaukee Brewer first half MVP? If you're a Brewer fan, let me know your thoughts. I had one response on Twitter so far today. Going to go find that really quick. The MVP, Christian Yelich, which I can get behind because he's definitely been the first half MVP for the Brewers. And Cy Young, Julio Terhan. I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know if that's who I would consider or give it to. Um, he's had a great bounce back, um, few starts with Milwaukee the last couple he struggled, but I don't know if he, I, that's who I would go with for Cy Young, but thank you to, uh, Tony at Monterey Jack three for answering the question I put out earlier on 
Twitter if you are watching live or if you're watching later on. You can tweet at me at Evan with Sports. Find me on uh, Facebook, Talking Sports with Evan, or YouTube, Evan with Allison. Now, the first half grades for the Milwaukee Brewers. Going to start with the starting rotation. Corbin Burns giving a C2. He uh, would have been a D, but his last couple of starts, he's looked like the Corbin Burns of old. And the Brewers really need him to pitch like the Corbin Burns that we know he can be. He's a former Cy Young winner, but he hasn't been pitching like the Cy Young winner this year. He's a former uh, Cy Young winner, winning runner-up. He hasn't been pitching like that either. He's been pitching adequately. Two really bad starts. Most of the other starts have been average. His last two starts have been really good. And the biggest issue Corbin Burns has had is when we get to the sixth inning, he seems to hit a wall. But I would give him a C so far this season. Brandon Woodworth, I give an incomplete to, being that he's been on the 60-day IL for a while now. Maybe back soon. We shall see. Freddie Peralta, I'm going to give a D plus to. Freddie Peralta overall has kind of been disappointing. He's um, 5-7 and seven with 4.70 ERA, 101 strikeouts at a 1.30 whip. His last seven games, or he's his last seven games, he's 0-3 with a 4.78 ERA. His last 15, he's 3-7 and seven with a 5.29 ERA. And he... He's given up a batting average of 234, a career high, uh, tied for career high in that. Uh, second, um, 1.30 for a whip is second for him. 2019, he was a 1.48 whip. Does have 107 strikeouts, so he's getting the strikeouts. But 38 walks for Freddy Peralta, 16 home runs, 48 earned runs, 54 runs. 82 hits and 92 innings. Last year, he threw 78 innings. And he had six home runs, 31 earned runs, 54 hits, and 34 runs. The year prior, 2021, where he had a 2.81 ERA through 144 innings, gave up 14 home runs that year, um, a .97 whip. The Brewers could use Freddie Peralta to be closer to the 2021 version of Freddie Peralta if they look to really do some damage in the second half of the Major League Baseball season for the Brewers. Wade Miley, I give an A2. Wade Miley <clears throat> has been a godsend for Milwaukee, 6-2, and two, a 306 ERA and 13 starts, 1.15 whip. 46 strikeouts and his last seven games he's three and one with a 386 era is a little bit higher but he's still been pretty good and he just had a great shutdown performance of the cincinnati reds giving up eight home runs and 23 runs this season with 59 um, base hits a 233 era given up so far and Wade Miley is my Cy Young for the Milwaukee Brewers as well, as I give him an A. Colin Ray, I give a B, too. 
they've asking a lot out of him and he's for the most part uh done everything they've asked him to do he's five and fourth the 471 era and a 1.22 whip 67 um strikeouts on the year his earned run average is a little high but he is doing everything the Brewers are asking to do. He's thrown 80 innings this season, most innings thrown since 2016, where he threw 102 innings. He's given up 13 home runs, so the long ball has been an issue. But for a guy who really had no, there's no reason he was needing to be on the on the 40-man uh, roster, let alone the depth, the starting rotation. He's been playing really well. Julio Terhan, I'll give a, a C plus to his last two starts. Uh hurt him a little bit for me. And Adrian Hauser, I give a C to. Devin Williams out of the bullpen, A. He has been consistent. Two blown saves in the first half. Overall, when he has got opportunities, he's been really good. Hobie Milner, I'll give a C plus to. He's up and down. Joe Joel. Piampus, I'll give a B2. He's done pretty well for the Brewers this season. Uh, season. Bryce Wilson, a C. Alvis Pagero, I'll give an a, a B plus too. He's been really good uh, in that trade with Hunter Renfro earlier. Pete says lucky, give a C minus two. And Abner Ubre is uh, too soon to tell. Catching, William Contreras, give a B plus two. He's been doing really well with the bat and getting better with the pitchers. Victor Caratini, a B. The Brewers have really good catchers right now. Uh, Roddy Telez, I'll give a D. Had a really good May, but, but since May has not been playing as well, uh, Darren Ruff and the 60-day IL, F, Owen Miller, B minus. Uh, his fielding's leaving some to be desired, but he's been pretty good with the bat. One of the Brewers' better offensive players. Bryce Terang, I'll give a C defensively. He's an A plus player, but that bat leaves a lot to be desired. Um, if that bat could get going, his grade could go higher. Brian Anderson, give a C minus two. Defensively, he's been good. His bat started out hot, not really good lately. Um, he needs to turn, one of the guys that needs to turn it around. For Milwaukee, Willie, Willie Adamas, I'll give a C plus two, thanks to his closeout to the first half of the season. He uh, had a pretty good start to the season, then had a stretch uh, in his last 15 games, for example. He's 213 batting average, 296 on base, 508 slugging. His last 29 at-bats, so his last seven games, 29 at-bats. He's got nine base hits, four home runs, 11 RBIs, uh, batting 310, 344 on base, 826 slugging. He's got got a hit in every game against the Reds uh, going into the break, including three home runs and six RBIs. Struck out just twice, which is good for him as his strikeout percentage has not been very good. If Adamas continues this trend in the second half and Yelich continues his trend, the Brewers' offense has a chance to pull itself out of the baseball cellar when it comes to 
batting average and OPS and all that stuff. Andrew Monasterio, incomplete. He's done okay. Christian Yelich, I'll give an 8 to. Um, his bat has been red hot, and my hope it continues. Tyrone Taylor, I'll give a, a D. When he has been healthy, he hasn't done a dang thing at all. Ramel Tapia, I'll give a, a D plus, C minus two. Blake Perkins, give a C. He's done everything the Brewers have asked him to do. Base running could be a little bit better. Um, Jesse Winker, my do- most biggest disappointment for the Brewers this season. F. His first half of the season was atrocious. Um, he's batting 200 with a 324 on base, 577 OPS, one home run, 22 RBI. Had one hit in six at bats against the Reds. His last seven games, he's 2 of 14 with a 143 batting average. Last 15, he's 2 of 11. Has eight hits in his last 38 at bats. And his last 30 games, he's at 169 with 13 hits and 77 at bats. It's safe to say Jesse Winker gets a big fat F. The Brewers brought him in. I was excited when they brought him in. He's a guy that's driven in runs when he was in Cincinnati. He feasted on Brewer pitching at Ampham Field. And he got one home run. The 2017, his first year in the bigs, and 2018, his second year in the bigs, he each had seven home runs. But since then, he has been a, a run driver, including 2021, 24 home runs, 71 RBIs, batted 305 with a 394 on base, 556 slugging, and a 950 OPS. This season, he's at 200, 324, 253. And 577. Um, all career lows for him across the board. And he's a bat that the Brewers, if he can turn it around in the second half, the Brewers offense has a chance to really pull it out, but he's not playing really well. Joey Weimer, give a C defensively. His his glove is very good. He's a great defender out there in center field for Milwaukee. Did not make the initial opening day roster. But due to Luis Urias's injury, um, which I'll give a a D to for Luis Urias, um, Weimer got brought to the major league ro- roster. Um, uh, <laughs> and he's been playing pretty well ever since with the bat. I mean, with the glove, the bat is a work in progress. He is swinging the bat a little bit better. Right field. Pretty much already covered everybody. And designated hitter pretty much covered everybody. So that's my grades for the Brewers through the first half. Craig Council, I'll give a B to. It's a bullpen management concerns overall. I don't have much problems with Craig Council. I think he is still one of the most underrated general managers. I mean, general and underrated managers in baseball. And I hope to see Council around for a very long period of time. Unfortunately... <laughs> He hasn't signed his contract yet, and I do have some worries that he uh, may decide to leave. 
I think he might decide to leave and go with Stern someplace else. And I hope that doesn't happen. Um, but maybe he decides to retire as a manager and take some time off too. I don't know. But the longer council goes without signing his uh, his extension makes me a little bit on the nervous side. But again, Craig Council, I'll give a B, a B, B plus two. But places the Brewers need to really shore up towards the trade deadline. I don't want to see them go crazy trading away people to try to make a run at something that's not going to happen. The Braves, the Rays. Um, are just too good. Um, the Marlins are sitting at 53 and 39. The Dodgers 51 and 38. The Diamondbacks 52 and 39. I think with those teams in the National League, and then when the American League you got the Rays at 58 and 35, the Ro- the uh, Orioles, the Blue Jays, and you got the Rangers and the Astros. I I think there's just I, I think the Brewers would have to give up too much in order to make that jump to try to overtake any of those teams I just mentioned for a World Series. But if they were to try to improve, the bullpen is definitely an area that could use a few new arms. Uh, there's really not an arm in the bullpen I trust outside of Devin Williams. Um, some guys are better uh, than. Some guys are better off than they are other days. I wouldn't mind another bat, too. Get a new DH. Winker, he is what he is. I don't see him improving at all this season. But I think you could get a new DH and have a pretty solid um, second half of the season. But those are the areas. I'm not saying the Brewers need to be big-time buyers, but if they were to try to improve the team, those are the areas that I would focus on during the trade deadline to try to improve this team. Moving on, some unfortunate news in Northwestern football. Their um, big scandal, um, big hazing scandal. And it's it's sad to hear um, Coach Fitzgerald got fired, rightfully so. Pat Fitzgerald got fired, rightfully so. Um, there's no way you can say he didn't know what was going on. He may have put his head in the sand and pretended and acted like he didn't know what was going on. But from everything I've read, everything I've heard, everything I've observed from this this Northwestern football hazing scandal, there's no way he didn't know. And if he didn't know, he's incompetent. If he didn't know, he's incompetent. So either way, it's a bad look. For Pat Fitzgerald, and he's been at Northwestern for a very long time. He took the head coaching job at a time when they they needed somebody to step up, and it, it's sad that it came to this for the fact that it's just sad with Pat Fitzgerald. You didn't get the vibe from him that this is who he was. You know, you got the vibe from Fitzgerald like he was a outstanding uh, uh, person, good, good morals, good conduct, and then you have this happen, and it's like, wow, this is 
ridiculous. This is sad. And now Northwestern football needs to hire a new football coach. Uh, they did an interim coach, defensive coordinator, took the job. Um, but it's just sad that it comes down to this for Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern. And he got fired rightfully so. And, again, it's just sad. Um, hazing is not needed. Hazing in this regard is not needed. This was sick. This was atrocious. Guys are going to need counseling potentially from this. And it's just a sad, sad um, sequence of events that is going to basically uh, hurt the Northwestern program for a very long time as they try to dig their way out, rebuild, dig their way out of this. But it makes me grateful that Paul Chris was the Badgers coach uh, for the time frame that he was. Alvarez and Bielema before that, Anderson wasn't around long enough to really do anything too outrageous with this team, but I don't think he would do anything like um, what happened in Northwestern or allow anything like that to happen. And now it looks like Luke Ficko is another slam dunk coach. And I'm so grateful to be a Badger fan and grow up in Madison because it's just a sad, like I said, it's sad all around that this is what um, Pat Fitzgerald's job comes down to. So NBA Summer League in high gear. Uh, there's a couple things that um, there's a couple things that really has stood out to me with what um, John Horse has been talking about. He's been making his media rounds, going one on one, and. They bring in, obviously, Adrian Griffin as coach. They signed Jay Crowder, brought Middleton back, brought Crowder back, brought Lopez back. Um, They drafted Chris Livingston, um, as well as another guy. They they brought... Excuse me. They brought A.J. Green uh, from a two-way to uh, a spot on the 15-man roster. And one of the things he's been ta- he was talking about in this interview is talking about getting younger and getting more athletic. The core of the Milwaukee Bucks is getting up there in age. Lopez is 35. Middleton's in his 30s. Holiday's in his 30s. Giannis turns 29. The Bucks are, they need to look at the here and now try to win another title or two with this core they have now. And they also have to look for what happens after Middleton and Holiday and Lopez are done. They clearly and obviously want to keep Giannis around. He, They want to keep him a lifetime buck, and I want to see Giannis be a lifetime buck. They also need to look at building that roster around Giannis post the three guys I just talked about. And that really stood out to me. Budenholzer did not like playing young guys, so the Bucks were one of the oldest rosters in the NBA continuously. Griffin is a guy they brought in 
to try to get some uh, some younger guys at that wing position and try to develop them. Bullcamp, Livingston, they want to try to de- uh, green. They want to try to develop these guys and see what they can get out of them and get more athletic at the perimeter position. And I think it's smart GMing. I think it's smart way to build the roster. You couldn't do it with Bootenhoser because Bootenhoser wouldn't play young guy. Hence why Murrow gets moved for Grayson Allen. Hence why Wesley Matthews and George Hill and um, Jay Crowder, those guys get brought in or brought back. Hence why Bo Camp didn't play really at all in the second half of the season. And I know he struggled the past couple summer league games, but I think there's a, a good good uh, potential there for him to be a pretty solid role player. I don't think he's going to be a superstar, but I think he has the ability and the athleticism to be a pretty solid role player, good defender, and a guy that can give you some points here and there off the bench. Um. They're really looking at, as I said, they're really looking at trying to develop that younger talent. So when Middleton, Lopez, those guys are gone, you got a fresh group of guys to put in around Giannis. So time will tell where we go from here. Time will tell how the how the Bucks go, how the Bucks do moving forward. But I like the strategy from Horst right now to pretty much bring the core back but also look at getting a little younger on that bench to try to develop some young guys to be more young and athletic. Smart moves, if you ask me. And finally, Hard Knocks. The New York Jets get to be on the show Hard Knocks. I I honestly have not watched the show since the Baltimore Ravens uh, were on it after they won the Super Bowl back in 2001. That's the last time... I've watched Hard Knocks. And I don't know if I would ever want the Packers on Hard Knocks. I don't know if I would ever prefer or be comfortable with the Green Bay Packers being on Hard Knocks. I think it brings a lot of distractions, especially with the team the Packers have right now, moving on from Aaron Rodgers being younger um, and experienced a lot of those positions. I think it would be detrimental to the young team if that were to happen, and I'm glad they didn't get picked. But the NFL is forcing the New York Jets, and apparently, supposedly, Aaron Rodgers is not happy. We know what's going to happen. He's going to go on Pat McAfee and be like, I never told anybody I was pissed off about this. The media is just doing what the media does, and yada, 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 and whatever. I don't think me not watching Hard Knocks is going to change. I don't envision any reason for me personally to watch it. It is what it is. Um, And it's just a matter of hoping to see the hoping to see some entertainment is what the NFL is looking for. But like I said, I'm probably not going to watch it. It's a lot of distraction. Now you're the Jets. You're bringing in a new quarterback, bringing in new offensive pieces, looking to make a big playoff push. Guys can get distracted. Fortunately for them, with Rodgers being that new quarterback, you got the a veteran presence there that would do what he can to get everybody else to focus on football. 
But hard knocks is something to me that should really be done. It 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 was cool when they first did it. It was cool when they brought it back originally. You get to see the behind the scenes stuff of what happens in training camp. But at the end of the day, it it's it's not a lot of fun watching somebody lose their job when um, the the Browns coach, uh, when he, they were on, I forget his name right now, um, calls a guy in and says, hey, I'm sorry, but we got to let you go. That's not fun to watch. Hey, go bring it, go get your playbook and so let's say coach. To me, that's not a lot of fun to watch. But with that said, thank you all for tuning in. It's been uh, great talking some brewers and giving my grades and talking some whatever. Oh, and before I do go, I am now a Amazon affiliate person. Um, so everybody buys things from Amazon. Um, everybody does. So what I ask you to do is instead of just going to Amazon.com, help me out a little bit. Go to my link tree in my Twitter or my Facebook at Evan with Sports, Evan with Allison, Talking Sports with Evan. Click on that link tree, click on Amazon, and get your purchases. I'm going to be putting things out on my link tree periodically. Some of my favorite things to use right now. It's just a store-wide, store-wide thing I put out there. But I would appreciate it. You're going to help Talking Sports with Evan grow and help me out there as I am now an official Amazon affiliate. And like I said, help me out. With that said, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been Talking Sports with Evan, and I will get back at you next week.